Welcome to Honey on the Sword, Season 3, Episode 9, Sirens, Part 20 through Part 23. Luca marvels at this labyrinth as if he discovered a new land. A huge tree is set in the center of the garden and its roots go deeply into the ground. Luca walks up to the stream, kneels down to drink, and he hears a rustling behind him. But it isn't the wind this particular time. This unique tree morphs into a thousand wondrous things simultaneously before Luca's eyes. The brilliant colors and vivid images are so radiant and breathtaking. Everything about it is indescribable, and Luca gazes at things he's never seen nor dreamt before. It is terrifying, yet inviting. Luca sits still in awe of the healing stream, extraordinary tree, and life-giving garden. He glances back into the glassy stream and quickly looks away in astonishment because of what he sees. Mercy? He witnesses Isabella talking to a redhead whose piercing eyes he will never forget. Rebecca. He wonders why he is seeing them instead of his reflection. Luca thinks he is hallucinating because these two women have never met that he knows of. He hears the wind whisper, but it is unintelligible. Like the engraved gate protects the garden, so a sobering peace resides deep within Luca, where fear once dwelled. Sean brings tea and lunch to Mercy and Rebecca, and Mercy suddenly gets a headache. She apologizes immensely for having to leave so abruptly, and Rebecca is disappointed that this new friend has to go. Sean reminds Beck that Mercy will be back every day except weekends. Sean walks Isabella to the door, and she assures him that she will feel better tomorrow. Rebecca joyfully eats and chats with Sean like when her sisters were alive. Tears fill Sean's eyes, and he rushes to the kitchen. Rebecca talks on and on with a full mouth and doesn't even notice Sean's bewilderment. He wonders how any of this has happened and wrestles against the doubts and worries within himself. He does not want Rebecca to relapse. Isabella stands outside the door and listens to the message Wilton left on her phone and rushes to her car. She smiles because she may find a cure. She may have found a cure for Annabelle before anyone on Earth's her dark secrets. Mercy drives up and Wilton angrily waits on the front porch, but is concerned more than anything. Isabella takes Wilton inside and sits him down. Wilton listens intently because there is definitely a lot she needs to explain, but little does he know the things she will share do not just pertain to work. What Isabella will disclose could possibly ruin everything between them and make him leave her. She begins to weep as she remembers the surreal and serene day when the trees seemed to bow and curtsy, hiding the radiant chandelier in the sky. 
she saw a little girl with a haunting blank stare rocking back and forth on a rickety swing with blood dripping down her leg and bruises all over her body. Mercy remembers sirens getting closer and closer because they were looking for this little girl who witnessed her father flogging her mother senseless. They never found her because Isabella kidnapped Annabelle. Isabella frantically glances at Wilton as he waits to hear what she has to say. She stalls so that she can collect her thoughts because her lies have caught up with her. Everything she used to cover up the past is crumbling like toppling walls Tyne always sees, and she definitely doesn't want Wilton to see what the walls are hiding after the rubble settles and the dust clears. Wilton tries his best to be understanding and patient, but he is beyond concern now and starts to assume the worst. He just wanted to know what was going on at work, but doesn't realize he has opened Mercy's gallery of shame. His phone begins to ring and Isabella is relieved, but he ignores the call. His phone rings a second time and he ignores it because he wants to give Isabella his full attention because he loves her more than his art, his career, more than anything in his life. And he thought that she knew that, but apparently she doesn't because she's hiding something. Wilton's phone rings a third time and Isabella persuades him to answer it. He stays focused on Isabella as he takes the call, but Mercy doesn't care. She is given another moment to figure out what she's going to do and say. Mercy has hidden these secrets for so long. In her mind, even Wilton is exempt from knowing the truth, but she knows she has to do something. Isabella looks into Wilton's eyes and his entire face goes blank like a canvas. He jumps up from the table and grabs a coat and screams, something has happened to my brother, let's go. Isabella tells him to go, hurry, and they can just talk later. Wilton desperately wants her to go with him. He needs her, but she is so consumed with her own fears. He didn't want to be alone, but she isn't even aware that he has left. Wilton gets to the hospital where he is told his brother may have attempted to take his life. He angrily screams in denial, that is not possible. He's amazed because his brother has always been the one who is strong and the joyful one. Wilton cannot believe it. The nurses assure Wilton they will let him know any information as soon as they have it. He paces in the waiting room and then punches the wall. A security guard quickly comes over to try to kick him out, but another nurse and doctor explain that it is all right but he is warned that he will be kicked out if anything else happens. At this point, Wilton can hear no one and he sees no one and his thoughts and memories flood in. He falls to the ground and weeps. His brother is his hero and not just to him, but to everyone. He remembers all the lives Antonio has saved. A doctor comes up to share the news with Wilton, but he can barely stand up. It takes several times before Wilton even can hear his voice. The doctor signals to a nurse to get him something to drink immediately. Wilton looks up like a four-year-old little boy who has seen something traumatic. They let him know that Antonio will be all right and that they have transferred him to the second floor. He forgot about Isabella and becomes irritated because too many things are caving in on him at the same time. He runs to the elevator to go to the second floor. The nurses on the shift give Wilton a look of pity, but he knows it isn't because of his brother. He's thinking, what is it? What? Why is everyone looking at me like this? 
one nurse gets the courage to go up to Wilton to apologize for everything that has happened to Isabella, and he hates that he is the last to know. But he really doesn't care at this point and will forgive her for anything because his brother is his biggest concern. He tells the nurse, I don't care. Right now is not the time. I do not care. Wilton runs up to the door where his brother is being kept. And ironically, it's where Aiden Tyne used to be. And Wilton enters very slowly. The beeping of the monitors sound like the beating of his heart. Wilton feels so many emotions at once. He just wishes that he had his canvas so he doesn't implode on himself. He grabs his brother's hand and waits. Rama, Rama, what happened, man? Wilton whispers. Their mother used to call Antonio by his middle name. No one else knows this except for Wilton and Isabella. The doctor knocks on the door and Wilton looks up, hoping for some good news. He tells Wilton that his brother is in stable condition, which is outstanding, but that they had to induce a coma during surgery in order to save his life. No! And Isabella runs in the room at that moment, and the doctor gives her, gives her a peculiar look. She was more astonished by the room number than by Wilton's face, but quickly acknowledges Wilton. He is surprised she came, but so thankful because he didn't want to face this alone. The nurses start to whisper indistinctly at the nurse's station. She's probably coming back to work soon, so you guys need to just get over it. She has worked here for a long time and cares about these patients more than we can even try to. And just because she had a little breakdown, a light flashes at the nurse's station that someone is trying to get out of their bed. So she stops her conversation and goes to her patient's room. Some of the nurses roll their eyes because this is the same nurse who pulled Mercy out of Tyne's room while others reflected on the truth spoken and became silent. They all got back to work, even though the tension became so awkward. Wilton tells Isabella everything the doctor and the nurses said to him, and she tries to listen, but her thoughts are like blaring sirens. So she gets up and closes the door and tells Wilton, I know this isn't the best time and this seems selfish, but I have to tell you everything right now or I will never tell you. I feel like... The thoughts in my head are going to explode and and erupt. Wilton looks up at her more fearfully than when he heard the news about Ramah. Firefighters frantically rush off the elevator onto the second floor to see Antonio. They can't believe it. He is like a brother to them. The guys anxiously wait because the nurses tell them it will have to be a moment because Wilton and Mercy shut the door. The firefighters look at each other and all wonder the same haunting thought. Is it because all those children died and they couldn't save any of them? Not one to be continued.